Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. We are huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics. And we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared. And we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. From uniforms to uniforms. Today on the podcast, we have Angie. We are so excited to have her, and Sharon and I both worked with her at Edmonton Institution for Women, and she has an array of experience in corrections. Hi, Angie. How are you? Hi. Good. You? Good. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Good. I'm good. Excited. Hi, Angie. Yeah. It'll be fun. It will be fun. Of course. Yeah. So, Angie, you're doing good today? Good day, good day. Angie's green. Like the screen is so green. (laughs) She looks good. It's a green screen. Live like live like aliens over here. Yeah. Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Okay, Ange. So what led you to corrections? Um, well, I was working in group homes. Um and yeah, it was uh, it was a little rough ride for a while. I, there was a lot of assaults happening in the group home and stuff, and uh, and actually a family friend, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but she worked at the Max. Oh, okay. And she was like, "Oh, you should apply for this job. It's going to pay you a lot better, and you're not going to get your ass kicked." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Well, that doesn't sound so bad, sure." <laughs> and uh, I applied. Uh, really, really not knowing what I was applying for or anything like that. But I was like, hey, better pay. I'm not going to get my ass kicked. Yeah. Did you and have like a job description? Do you remember ever getting like a job description? I don't think so, no. Yeah. Did you have I to wait no the idea. women's? You wrote the women's test though, right? Like the, yeah. yeah, women in corrections exam. Yeah. Yeah, I knew right from the beginning where I was going and mm-hmm. and everything. There was no question about that. And Um, you, at the time you lived in Edmonton and were working, was it like Bosco or something like that? um, It was like uh, adults with disabilities. Oh, okay. um, Mm -hmm. That I was work. I I was there, I started when I was 17, I think. I worked there quite a long time. Wow. Um, And I wasn't, I mean, I had advanced as far as I could. Uh, I was a team leader. I was running like four or five homes at the time. And... She was just like, it's not, that's not worth it. So give this a try. And yeah, applied and was off and running. So when you applied, did you end up going to the, to, where is it? Where did we go, Lauren? Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Yeah. The pork town. Did you go there too? Yeah. The pork town. town. (laughs) And what, do you remember what year that was? Uh, I went to core. I think it was the end the end of 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah, finished 2006. in 
finished in January, I think, of 2007. Okay, so let's go. Like January 2007, you walk into EIFW. So you yep. guys come in with uniforms. No, I didn't have a uniform. No? I know. I'm pretty sure Jamie didn't have – Jamie messed up. No, I'm just joking. I don't know if she did. But January 2007. So you didn't have a uniform. Did you come to uh, the jail with anybody? Huh. Yeah, Kazlova. Kaslova, okay. Oh, I, I don't remember. Maria Kaslova. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, she rode the motorcycle? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so what did you think when you got there? Like, were you overwhelmed, underwhelmed? Were you like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah, I <laughs> I walked in, you know, and I was I was kind of like, what's going on? I'm meeting up with this with this person named uh margella uh, and uh i'm waiting and waiting and she's of course you know late yeah i'm just hanging out at the, the front <laughs> entrance right <laughs> wondering what's going on i got good margella yeah. stories i can't wait on here there you go. <laughs> and uh and yeah i walked in and the first thing as i see is uh you know humongous inmates carrying a uh you know those ice uh, ice scrapers, oh, those scrapers you know? yeah yeah and like, i was like oh man like what <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here i'm like i couldn't believe that they were like you know the inmates were like walking around us and everything i was like what's happening here yeah so i was i was pretty much like what what's what's going on that was my oh. first impression too like who are all these people i know yeah. And then never, I was like, they, like who's, who's an inmate? Like, I was like, yes. who's an inmate here? Especially when they were, like, with the maintenance people. You're like, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Everybody I think at the, the maintenance same... blew my mind more than anything. The yeah, fact that too. they were driving the gators and yeah. had all the Wait. tools and stuff. I was like, I think that, that got me. Mm-hmm. I think they all wear the jackets, too. So you're like, <laughs> some, like honestly, some of the, the inmates were more competent if i could say that right then some of the stuff <laughs> true true <laughs> oh sorry sorry i love it okay so january that was through a bit of your career so january you and then you you had a little bit of uh what do they call it on the job training yeah and that was okay for you yeah. or yeah on yeah. the job training was okay um it took me a bit to be like, to kind of settle in. And um, I never imagined that that's where I would be. So it was kind of like this, is this real? Yeah. Uh, for quite a while. Cause I, I never even imagined I would work in a prison. And so it took me a bit to settle in. And so you, were you in the general population or the max or how did that go for you? Yeah, I started in GP. Um, and I remember one of my first escorts uh, going out with Sandy uh, <laughs> <laughs> <God>. Bell Rose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was I was terrified uh, going out with you know a uh, couple people that were such senior officers and had it together and stuff, and I was terrified. And uh, but I made it through, and uh, once I made it through, kind of uh, that I. I think I felt like, okay, I can do this. 
but I, I really felt like this is kind of out of my element, but yeah. yeah. And so did you guys like, was you and her taking an inmate somewhere or did, were you going on a long transfer? No, we were just going on a medical. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But she, I mean, she was the tough nut to crack, right? Like she was intimidating and you, and she was kind of the one person that was like, okay, if I can handle this, I think I got it. Yeah, I can handle anything. Yeah. <laughs> right? <I know>. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. once I got that, I was good. Yeah. And then, then did you do a stint at the, in the max? Like, uh, like my first um, vision of you, I remember you coming down to the max, you had really long hair and you drank, was it Coke? Diet Pepsi? Nah, Pepsi. Pepsi. Pepsi sorry, yeah, no, Diet Coke. Yeah. and you came down there and you were like cocky and you had this swagger and I was like oh (laughs) I wonder who she thinks she is right yeah I remember that pretty Karen thinks everyone was cocky with a swagger like it was just because we were new yeah right you're like some of you I definitely didn't feel cocky or felt like well I suppose I have always had a swagger but uh, (laughs) but I definitely didn't feel cocky I was uh I was pretty intimidated yeah, by everything. Yeah. People, like more of the staff or more, not so much the inmates, right? Not the inmates or the job, but definitely the staff. I was, I was intimidated down there. There was a lot of like, you know, Lauren was staff. down there. There was yeah. senior staff down there, right? And, and so I did feel like I needed to prove myself and, and sit back. Yeah. And, you I and I remember, that? yeah, but I remember you being just like, what do you want me, like, what, what do I do? Because I think when you came, we, we had been ordered to work down there. So like we had decided oh. to go, you weren't trying to, were you on, what crew were you on though, Angie? There was or, no were crew. We done? Okay, no we're done. crews. Okay, I think we're, we're variable hours by then, right? But yeah. I think there was like some of us who picked similar lines so that we could work together. So I, it was like yes. Brandon, Tiho, like that yeah. crew. There was a, like a mini pack that you could match your schedule with. So there's mm-hmm. four of you, mini yeah. crew, we called it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, but it was very much like, oh, Angie just, Angie worked. Angie did what she was supposed to do. Yeah, but that's Angie right. Angie not to pop popcorn. Angie didn't fucking pop popcorn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's like, that's the mentality I went down there with for sure was to just shut up and do what I was told. That's, and, yeah. And, that's good. Cause that's a good, I, like for me personally, I did the same, keep your nose down and just do what you're told. And that's, I don't know. It makes for a more successful officer. I, that's my opinion, right? Then mm-hmm. walking in there like you know everything. Right? It took me about two months to shut up, but I finally <laughs> did. <laughs> Sharon, <Yeah. wants> to... <laughs> she's not gonna say anything. She's gonna. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, are you gonna shut up at some point? I'm sure she. I'm sure this thing has an off button at the back here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely, I looked up to, to you guys. Like I, I just wanted to be there and do my job, learn. And that was it. Awesome. That's good. So how long were you in for? Would you like your total? Well, you had a bunch of different careers though. in Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it's tough because it was so broken up. Right. Um, so the opportunity came up to then be the CM on the unit. Um, so and, like, so the correctional manager on the max unit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I, at the time, 
was um, a lot was happening personally for me uh, because uh, my then partner at the time and I adopted two boys and they both had significant issues from their childhood trauma and stuff. And so that was my biggest struggle, I think, was balancing the two things. And so there, I guess, began my big struggle as far as um, the thing I look back on my career and think kind of was my, I don't know, the biggest challenge, I suppose, was how to balance taking care of these kids and have that career at the same time. So, yeah. so taking that position um, afforded me more stability at home. Mm-hmm. And that was a Monday to Friday job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I was, uh, you know, looking back, I could say uh, I wasn't ready for that to position. Be a, to I, be a CX3, like a, the yeah. CM? Yeah. The keeper, the keeper yeah. on the unit. So you didn't feel ready, like, but at the time you, you did though, right? Like you felt ready at the I, time. But I mean, I'm always up for a challenge, right? And I'm always up That's for right. learning something new. So I thought, let's do this. It's going to be an experience at the very least. Right. And, and afford me a little bit uh, less stress at home too. And so did you take flack like from senior staff at the time or from any staff for stepping up to act? For sure. Yeah. More behind my back than anything. Um, You know, but I knew it was happening. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I can, I can see like rightfully so, right? I didn't have a lot of time in and um, you know, there were other people who felt like they deserved it, right? Yeah. And, and I can't say that they didn't, um, but- And you can't were, say that they did, right? Yeah, like, right, yeah, that, right. That's the other and thing. so for whatever reason, it was me and uh, I just took the opportunity and, you know, and went with it and, and learned a lot for sure. Uh, the CM, being the CM uh, on the unit was probably the hardest job out of all of them for me i can see that i remember yeah. like shit would go down i'm like at least i'm not the cm like yeah, yeah. make a decision on this now yeah. i'm back here and you can tell me and i remember when i started that was a very huge issue for me like we're not empowered to make decisions we're not allowed to do anything but i remember towards the end i was like huh well, you decide. I'm not, I don't, I don't get to decide. This is not my, yeah. my call. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Most of my there. sleepless nights came from there. Of sure. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how long did you act there? Oh, I don't know exactly. It was on and off for quite a while. And then there was some MIS acting uh, in the mix of that. Um, so it was kind and of both. What, what is What's that? MI, what? I know what it is, but. Just manager of intensive intervention strategies. Okay. Um, So you acted there. Yeah. So I acted there. um, And that was at the time still a split job between uh, like the bird and secure unit at the time. So I was doing both. And so I kind of bounced back between those two roles for a while. And let me explain this. Can I say the bird is, was, our mental health unit, essentially. We didn't call it that, but we had secure its mental health unit, honestly, too, to be completely honest. They're just more risk to harming themselves or other people. So, For sure. but you in the bird, if you're 
less of a risk to harm yourself or other people. And then we put you in those care unit, like mental health all around. So you're dealing with all extreme. And I mean, we have mental health in general population too. We have mental health within the staff. All over. Mental health all over. (laughs) And we're also women. So like, um, it, it, so when I think about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're in charge of all like the highest mental health needs in the whole entire institution. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. It was, of course. Yeah. It it was definitely a challenge for me, but mental health was kind of my, uh, I don't know, kind of like my passion. uh, Maybe the reason why I was in, um, in there to begin with. Um, so I found that kind of my, my thing. And, um, that's when, uh, like we, we did lots of like, um, research on um, how to alleviate some of the mental health from perhaps from the maximum security unit mm-hmm. because it was such a significant thing at the time right was all this mental health and all these struggles with all these incidents right it's like so how do we relieve this from being um, from being kind of just in this one area so significantly right how do we help them to integrate into population better or just to have room uh, to move some of them, some of them out of the max. Mm-hmm. Cause our max was always full. I don't yeah. ever, like I remember there being like one SAG cell empty and we did our best to keep that one empty in case, because we had the, the poop thing. Remember the poop incident? Mm-hmm. And we honestly, it probably took us four hours to shuffle and move and figure out. I remember sitting in that port, like in the, bubble boardroom and down on the security unit, the one with all the windows going, okay, well, if we move her here and then this one can go to medium and then this Mm -hmm. one can go here, but these two can't be together. Okay, shit. We got to start all over again. And we're, and so I remember after that, we were like, we have to keep one of these cells open so that if we do have another like slashing, hanging shit, smearing episode, we have some place to put them. Um, because yeah, that was, was a massive lawsuit. We had a massive lawsuit on our hands because we left that person in that cell for 12 too minutes. Long. I think it yeah. was 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was always a puzzle. It was a puzzle. Who's mm-hmm. gonna yeah. and how are you going to move this person? And, you know, we come from briefing and that was the first thing we do, stare at the board and think, okay, what are we going to do? Who are we going to move? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who's compatible? So I want to touch back you you brought up like some of the mental health stuff. I know I know that you said that was your passion, and a lot of that stuff was based on inmates. So how do you feel um, knowing now, like and thinking to back then, uh, was your mental health impacted? Uh, is it still your passion? Do you do you feel that uh, CSC was? <sighs> I don't know what, how to say it, like integral in helping people with mental health, health problems. I'm talking staff or were they always focused on inmate, 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 inmate? I mean, uh, looking back, it, it seems a bit lopsided for sure. Um, yeah. There could have definitely been more time into the staff, in my opinion. Um, there was a, I mean, it was just, we were overrun with this mental health and what we were going to do for the inmates, right? Like, how are we going to manage these people um, yeah. that struggle um, to kind of fit into the rest of the population? And that was such that it was it was consuming. So when it came to staff, I think that that came second to 
as a whole, not, you know, there were a lot of advocates that I would see, you know, here and there, um, people that would really stand up for staff and stuff like that. But, but as a whole, I would say it was definitely lacking uh, for the staff at the time. And I would say like, but sorry, if, if I think back to it, we have a mission and a vision and a policy and a procedure that doesn't include us as corrections officers. So we are mandated to make sure that we focus on their mental health, but Mm -hmm. ours is not part of that. Right. So that's not part of our job. That's part of what you do outside of here. Yeah. Um, And that's, and that's your job. It's not our job, which I, I know for sure it's changing, but, and even just like a tiny bit of education and the time, like, and I remember like supervisors would say like, how are you sleeping? And I'm like, well, I'm not. So and then it was like, oh, okay, we'll do this and this. And, and I mean, but they don't have the coping strategies either. No, yeah, and, and that's did, stuck, right? No, and that's stuck with, like, I'm hoping it's changing. I, I know, like, toward the end, like, it would, of, of my career, it, it, like, there were people who said, like, you're, you're more irritable, you're more this, like, but, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I know that our employer wasn't there you know, to help us, but I just like, is there stuff, Angie, like you wish you knew then that, you know, now, like a big piece for me was awareness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I can't say that I knew that then, (laughs) because if my supervisor said, are you sleeping? And I said, no, they said, try this cocktail of (laughs) you know, neocitron and vodka, like that's, which, I mean, that's fine. Cause that's what we knew. And that's what got, got us through like the first, however many years that were so shitty. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been pretty aware. Um, you know, looking back, there's probably, you know, being the CM down there and some of the incidences that, you know, we went through the biggest stressor for me probably was leaving at the end of the day, making sure that everybody was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd lay in bed at night and think, did I, did I tell them this? Did I do this? Did I, so that the staff was okay. And that was probably it. So, I mean, I had a really good buffer um, at the pen in B, like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was my buffer that was my sounding board we sounded off together every day that's um, good and I think that that helped me through like that that's what helped me through um you know the fact that I knew that a lot of people weren't on my side because of of how I got my job mm-hmm. um you know in their eyes and mm-hmm. Uh, so that that kind of got me through that, and and also the stress of worrying about staff at the end of the day. Just being my able to joke, my joke relationship around. with BCAM was it didn't I didn't do it every day, so I just did it once a month, and we were usually yeah. just screaming at each other in an office. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. After I left, I felt like fucking a million bucks. Exactly. I was like, good. I got it off my chest. Yeah, I'll go another yeah. month. We'll scream it out again next just, month. We're yeah. good to go. Yeah, yeah. That's and the same that with me too. Day. Yeah you know, so, so that kept me, kept me pretty level-headed and Mm -hmm. and kept me, um, I think, helped me get through for sure. That's so good. That's so good. It's helpful when you have, uh, and like Jody was mine for sure. Like Mm -hmm. 
even when I was pregnant with Matt and I, I, um, like they thought he had down syndrome and I went through like a significant thing. My supervisor at the time when I was there, wasn't overly helpful. And Jody was like, let's sign up for this Pilates class. Like, let, like it was very much about like, okay, we need to focus on you. We need to focus on this baby. Let's just, and very good at like getting me outside the jail and not worrying about the shit. Like she's like in four months, you're not going to be here. Don't worry about it. Like who cares? Right. Yeah, that's true. Stop. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you're right. In four months, I'm, you know, I won't be here. I'll have a year off. It'll be like, and when I come back, it'll be totally different. Like it just, yeah, it, it helps set your mind straight. Right. Because your Mm -hmm. mind just opens up and it's consuming. It's, and, and did I do this? And did I tell them this? And I hated being the seg officer because I was always like, shit, if this goes down tonight, I forgot to write this on the log. You yeah. know, like that was my, and I would call and they're like, Fuck, Lauren, go to bed. And yeah. I'm like, just let me tell you this one more thing. <laughs> and you know, there was actually an investigation. I'd, it was into some big, some of the big stuff that was happening down there. And, and I remember there was this investigation and out of it, they, they hauled me in and said, um, you know, you're, you're scripting too much. You're, you're telling the staff, you know, too, too much. You need to just let them do their own thing and let them, um, just, just not leave all these, all these long notes and all of these things oh, yeah, yeah. way too much. And I thought like, Oh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, like Except- you think the more information, the better, but they're giving me shit for, for, for giving too much information to my staff. Yeah, but, right. And, and I'm then, just like, but- well, what? Well, and then if you know. didn't, you'd be in shit the other way if you didn't, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like you're damned if you do sometimes, right? So yeah. totally. it's pretty funny. Like, I, I know I'm thinking back to, yeah, you guys remember that we'd have a magnet that said, or a sharp sign out. And mm-hmm. you're like, <laughs> you'd leave that shift and say, oh, did I take the magnet off there? Or did I collect the sharps? And you're thinking, oh, God, please don't let the shit go down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mine was, you know, I told this inmate this, but did I relay that to the staff? Uh, you know, like, is this inmate going to start kicking doors and, and you know. Flooding cells and starting cells fires. Or whatever because I forgot to tell the staff something. Like, yeah. it, that, was, that was definitely the, the pressure the pressure yeah. I that's how I felt too on the security net too constantly mm-hmm. leaving going did I relay the right information and then I think like oh if shit goes down tonight it'll be probably because this was like and mm-hmm. and we had a lot of miscommunication down there at the time yeah. and uh so at, when we got the cruise it got better but I know like there was always and every crew did everything differently which yeah there I I I think about this sometime like a meeting or something like with everybody going, okay, we're all agreeing not to pop popcorn. We're all agreeing that mm-hmm. she can't come out on the range with the computer. We're all agreeing that, you know, like, um, yeah. it would have been helpful because I, I think that, like it was being relayed, but I mean, everybody did what worked for them, but then yeah. it caused yeah, havoc for the sh- next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They do. I, I do remember too. There was times that people would book it because they were on the security net, so they'd fill the overtime with like. Sometimes we got people from the max. I don't know if you guys remember this incident, and we had a like a person. I'll just say come in from the max, and we didn't relay or he didn't listen to uh, the information, and uh, 
razor blades were handed out to a, mm-hmm. like a segregated inmate. I don't know if you could, and we were all sitting at the front. Yeah. And our shift was over and we were doing that thing at the front where we debrief and we hand over our equipment. And all of a sudden there was like code whites, Kirinet, like there was like four responders got called and then it, we found out like a, a segregated inmate, like a really high profile. high profile inmate. Yeah. was handed razor blades. Right. And so the person who'd taken the overtime and, and had like, was like, see you guys later. Like, cause we all had to stay and respond. He could go because he couldn't respond. Right. And he was on overtime and he was like, bye. And we were like, are you, are you kidding? <laughs> like we'd, you know, remember we used to take off the, like our uniform shirt and get all our equipment off and hand it. And the code was coming and we're like putting all the stuff back on and running, right. Going, what happened? How did she get razor blades? Right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out. Yeah. Bye. See you guys later. We're like, okay, bye razor blades, which we called them for, <laughs> two, for two years. And we're like, don't bring razor blades in if you're going to you know, call a call out for the overtime, right? Yeah. Last yeah. call, last call out. Yeah. 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 yeah I think exactly. that, and that was the, the biggest thing is the communication wasn't always the greatest. And then, yeah. but, but then you, you carried it, right. You were like, yeah. and you knew it wasn't the greatest because everybody did everything That's differently right. and, yeah. and everything changes so drastically. Like oh, yeah. we have something happened. Now we have to move these people. And now these two people are incompatible and it was a, it was a constant. You you never went to work going. I know what I'm gonna expect today, right? Never. Totally. That's right. That's <laughs> never. Right. Yeah. And one of the um, other things was like my inability to stay um, because the pressure at home was so significant to be home to look after the kids. Um, so you're you know, getting and, pressure from both uh, sides, right? And yeah. and there wasn't a lot of options with these kids who had these such significant issues and um it's not a matter of just looking for a day home no yeah yeah you know so it was there was significant pressure at the end of the day to be like okay I can't stay and and it was tough because there was a lot of times that I wanted to stay that I couldn't stay Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um so that that wore on me quite a bit you're, it, it's a guilty feeling, right? Like I remember oh. sometimes they would say like, can you stay? And I'd say, I can't today, but you felt guilty for saying yeah, no, but then you bad. felt guilty for not being home and dealing with the kids or whatever it was, right? Like yeah. I had friends come was... in from uh, at Calgary one time and they're like, there was an incident and they're like, can you stay? And I was like, yeah, but I like my friends, I was like, there's a key under my mat. I'll have to go into my house. I have no idea when I'll be home. But I, I felt guilty leaving, but I also felt like guilty for staying. It was like a, yeah. all the time. It was like that all the yeah, time. Or my torn. husband would, my boyfriend at the time would come from Calgary and it's like, I got to stay. Like I'll be home when I get home. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So- with two kids with, um, yeah, that would, that would be tough. I yeah. can't imagine. I'm kidding. So, yeah. So like through your career, when did you eventually leave? Corrections. No, wait, she becomes something else after, remember? Oh, you do? Oh, right, right, you do. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I'm more. What's next? Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, after all the acting, well, I guess not after all the acting, I became a, I, I demoted actually to become a behavioral counselor to oh, wow. alleviate some of that pressure um, of home. Um, 
because it was a constant battle, right? I had to constantly justify mm-hmm. to the warden um, why I needed to to be Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And it was constant. My, my situation hadn't changed. My situation was the same. I still had these kids with significant mental health issues. Um, and so my situation hadn't changed, but I needed to justify every single time mm-hmm. why I needed to stay. And so that pressure became too much. Mm-hmm. The and fighting. The, fi- like, the fighting. Karen yeah. and I just talked about this the other day, the fighting. Like I, I remember being like, oh, I'll fight. Oh, I'm going to fight. Like now I don't fight anything anymore. I'm just like, like my vacuum, <laughs> my vacuum just broke, bought it in March. I'm like, oh, I'll send an email. They're going to send me a new one. But I was like, ah, oh, fuck. If they don't send me a new one. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. but back then it was like you were hard you fought you fought 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 you're fought. yeah everything. that right fighter right fighter all the yeah. way through for everything yeah. and anything whether it was like can I go have a drink in the back <laughs> can I can you I know go pee? can I go pee can I have a cracker can I you know have an hour off yeah. so I can take yeah. my baby somewhere I was Not tired I... of fighting and I was tired of the looks yeah mm-hmm. um you know, I, I hadn't, at the time, I don't think it bothered, or I didn't see how much it bothered me until I got out. Um, and I know, like, I really saw how much it bothered me that people gave me the looks and uh, why does Angie get this? And why does Angie get this um, when I can't have it or, or whatever? And uh, it wore on me for sure. And so you notice that more when you were in and you were in, uh, what was the job again? A behavioral counselor? Is that what it's called? I noticed it more as the M- acting MIS. When um, you were acting, okay. Yeah, and so my decision to then demote. And how was demoting for you? Um, I mean, I mixed feelings about demoting. I, I loved my job as a correctional officer. Um, and so I kind of had to grieve that for a bit. Um, I kind of felt like detached from some of my friends because they were still officers and I, you know, moved into this different position that I know, you know, the perception of the job had it, like I was an officer, so I know, (laughs) I know what some of the officers said about BCs, right? And and the perception of the job and, and stuff. So it was kind of hard to take uh, that I was now going to be a BC. And when a PPA alarm went off, did you feel like running every time? And like, how, when you're a BC, I can't imagine just sitting there and being like, like as an officer, you're going to find out what's going on. You'll probably mosey your way down there at some point, (laughs) right? But I probably interfered more than I should have. Yeah. You're just like sitting there waiting to be like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. I can imagine. I remember being pregnant and people like running. I was sitting in Betty's office. And I remember people just like running and me like getting up to go. And Betty's like, you can't go. I'm like, shit, you're right. You but need I'm, to sit down. But yeah. I'm going to go to the front desk and find out what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely probably inter- interfered a, a little more than I should have as a BC. But uh, it was tough. It was tough to get yeah. out of that role. But I feel like you, it's not like you showed up as a BC and tried to be a corrections officer. Exactly. Were, yeah. That was your, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're that, a BC that was because you need nine to Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are aspects of that job, but you know, I like the counseling side of things. I like to sit down and and try to help somebody out um, of of a situation that they're in or whatever. But 
my true passion for sure was was being a correctional officer and it was it was tough it was tough to know that I wasn't going to be that again mm-hmm. and okay. when did you like how long did you do that BC position for hmm. I feel like it was a couple of years maybe um but again it's so blurred because I acted MIS in between that too right so I would be a BC and act MIS so it was it, it's tough my timeline's real tough to remember that's all it's all good yeah. just I was just curious to I wanted to know how long you did that for and then when did you like eventually leave did you leave as a BC or a correctional officer I left as a BC yeah okay. I left uh in August 2014. Crazy. Yeah. And then did you leave with another career in mind or did you leave just because you were done? Um, I wanted, I mean, if I could have stayed, I would have stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I at one point had a deployment into Bowdoin and I, and I actually got it. Um, and then I turned it down. Um, and that was as a, as a correctional officer, uh, at Bowdoin. This is before I demoted. Um, cause it had, I had tossed it around for a while, um, moving to Calgary and, and when was the right time and, and that sort of thing. And so, uh, I turned down the deployment as a correctional officer to Bowdoin, uh, tried to get one as a BC, but was unsuccessful. Um, obviously in the men's pens, it's, it's a bit tougher, uh, mm-hmm. to get in those roles. So I moved to Calgary. I actually had an interview to become, uh, almost like an employment coordinator in the community here. Um, but didn't get the job. Uh, so then my decision was, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's time. So yeah put in my resignation and, and off I went. Uh, so I didn't really have a career in mind. I just was grasping at whatever was going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And you, so you sort of were like ready to go, just ready to move on. Yeah. I mean, personally, it wasn't about the career. Uh, I would have stayed and I probably would still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more personally for me. I needed to be away from, um, uh, my, my relationship at the time had ended and I needed to be away from there. Um, and I was starting a new relationship, uh, in Calgary. And so that was kind of my, my point of direction. So I needed to go, but I definitely, every day I, I miss it. I miss it every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I put oh, in a wow. deployment to Bowdoin. Did you guys know that? Like, no, I well, didn't know. Can you imagine if the three of us were at Bowdoin? That would be so funny. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. Because Trevor yeah. tried. Trevor originally tried to get on with Calgary Police, and we were going to move to Airdrie, mm-hmm. and he was going to be in Calgary, and I was going to work at Bowdoin. But I actually never heard anything, and then I got pregnant, and I was like, whatever, it's no big deal. Yeah. We're in cameras now. I'm not. We're good to go. So yeah. Hmm. Bowden. Hey, they're just like picking up the women left, right, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, what? We got another EIFW check coming here? We're like, yeah, we're, like, we're looking for something easy. They're like, yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, this is our, ret- we're coasting to retirement, right? Um, the opposite so- of Chuck when Chuck came to us. Oh. 
Can we, so gonna... the, the, the theme of like this season was grateful. So I'm going to ask you, like, what are you most grateful for? It can be anything like from the career, after the career, your life now. Um, I, I mean, I'm grateful for the career itself. Um, you know, I kind of, in Jamie talk, I kind of feel the same way Jamie did, right? Like I was kind of starstruck, uh, with the career. I thought, wow, how did I land this? Uh, I learned tons, um, yeah. from being there, from uh, learning from, from B and I, I'm grateful for that. Uh, I'm grateful for my friends, um, that I, that I got from from the pen, uh, I'm grateful. Just the experience itself has changed um, me in a lot of ways. Uh, I kind of discovered who I was. Uh, obviously, I came out when I was working at the pen, so uh, just being able yeah. to be be my true self, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I live every day grateful. Now, I I'm grateful for my wife and my my daughter. Um, I'm grateful for my boys, uh, who are no longer with me. They're, they're in Edmonton, but, um, but I'm, I'm grateful for the journey that I went on with them and uh, just every day. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for, um, just life in general. I, I live very grateful every day now. Mm-hmm. That's good. I do remember yeah. that about you though. I don't ever remember you being like negative or. No cranky like you were always just like happy and all right let's get Mm -hmm. to work let's yeah yeah for sure working we were laughing and when we weren't laughing we're working so it was yeah yeah Yeah. okay so so, uh, why did you name your daughter after me question (laughs) (laughs) when I saw that I was like yeah I'm like I I figured a a positive influence because you would never I remember (laughs) get an inmate come in and her name was Lillian I don't know if you guys remember I won't say her last name but she came in and that was always the name I was going to name my daughter if I had one because mm. that was my grandma's name. But she came in, shaved head, spider web tattoos all over her face. And I'm like, fuck. No. Sick. Yeah. It's ruined <laughs> now. Don't take work. it off. Take it off the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't one of those negative experiences for me, Lauren. No, it was good. Um, yeah. Just we wanted like a classic name. We didn't want one that was like you know, on the top 10 baby lists. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I need a classic name, something that's like, just classic, you know, no, not t- 10 kids in her class aren't going to be Lauren. Yeah. So, uh, so that was that. I mean, she was my miracle baby and mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted her to, and she fits, you know, she is such a old soul. Uh she is. She's an old soul. She loves older kids. She loves um, everything about uh, being older. Is she know? mature? Is she very mature? Oh, see, mm-hmm. and I, that was me. My mom always said, you were mature from the second you were born. And I always like <laughs> listening to the adult conversation. Yeah. Like I, I always knew the gossip. I knew I probably got cancer from listening to those conversations because my mom and her friends were all smoking. That. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the maturity level. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, uh, it, Lauren was born with cystic fibrosis and, um, she takes it like, like she's 20. Uh, you know, she takes multiple pills a day. I mean, 
just to eat. She has to take five to six enzymes and she's four. She swallows two at a time, like a champ, you know, she, Aww. you know, she has little therapy she has to do and she never questions it. She just does them. Um, you know, it, it fits, awesome. it all fits. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it was just meant to be. And, and she's and, so stinking cute. Like every video. I'm like, I know, oh right. She's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And she's a little, she's a little trooper. Right. So mm-hmm. she, awesome. is. she definitely is. And so like, I believe like, like Sharon, you said it or it happens for a reason. Right. And, and I, I miss my job. Uh, I would do it again, but obviously it wasn't what was meant for me and yeah. or, uh, like maybe I'm, maybe it was meant for that time season. period yeah. right yeah. that season it, it it taught you it led you to something like so good and positive and you know you you gain strength from that job if nothing else right yep and I definitely think like she's here because I'm I'm not in that job and I'm not mm-hmm. um I'm in Calgary I'm, I'm with the person I'm supposed to be with and we created this little miracle child and um I, I get to see her grow up every day I mean I I don't I don't have a I don't need to have a job uh, I do a little work for fun um but I get to see my little girl grow up every day and I can't really ask for more than that and, and a lot of that is because uh of the job right I mean you walk away and you walk away with uh, some money in the bank Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, that money in the bank afforded me to be able to stay home with my daughter so yeah uh, that you know I'm, I'm grateful for it every day that's awesome. awesome that's amazing yeah 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 we are so grateful to have had you uh here with us we know how much you didn't want to do it actually if you saw the message that went back and forth Sharon and I were like oh yeah let's get Angie we, we were on the phone literally messaging Angie and Angie's like and Sharon said we want you and her response was, oh shit oh shit when this whole thing started I'm like they're not gonna ask me I think I'm safe I think I'm, you know, Sharon's playing it so cool talking about all these other people I think I'm okay right but, and we're like Bam! It in. Yeah, it was like a total <laughs> sneak attack, man. Like I know. That's how I do. That's how I do. Uh, yeah. She's like, I'm gonna message her right now. I'm like, do it. Right? We gotta like yeah. we gotta talk each other into it because some people aren't yeah. receptive as as Yeah, you we've were. got a couple no's, but we're so glad to have you. Like it's Thanks. been awesome, right? Yeah. To hear from you and, and see you and even just your like little half smile there. I'm like, oh, I miss an Angie's smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little dimple. Well, next time you're in Calgary, Lauren, you know. I know. Like this, this year, COVID I haven't been is... there this much because of COVID, right? Well, but, co- yeah. COVID, right? But we'll get together. Yeah, be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will for be sure. Fun. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank Anything you else you want to add? I don't think so. Are there any other questions? No, I you got a timer it. there for us. We're, we're I, I showed it to you guys, didn't you guys? You guys missed it, <laughs> but I'll show it to you for good time's sake. She's gonna hold it up for a good minute here, Angie. Just... All right, all right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you have a great day. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Hey, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. And if you have a second, we would love a review. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns. 
And if you happen to know anyone else that would be interested in tuning in, please share this podcast with them. We greatly appreciate it. Love, Lauren and Sharon.